Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is NTX Freaks. It's your podcast for you. And you alone. Don't let anyone else listen. Today we are delving once again into the Sailor's Wordbook, an alphabetical digest of nautical terms including some more especially military and scientific but useful to seamen, as well as archaisms of early voyagers, etc. by the late Admiral W.H. Smith with a Y, revised for the press by Vice Admiral Sir E. Belcher, published 1867. Dear God, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, good question. Because I'm boat gay. That's right, <laughs> gay for boats. Also because in our weekly chapter-by-chapter read-through of Varney the Vampire and our Patreon, patreon.com slash antiquesfreaks, we have encountered the Admiral, one of the best characters in all of literary history, who speaks almost entirely in 19th century nautical slang. Puzzled by phrases such as bumboat women, we dove into the research archives to recover this nautical dictionary. We will not be reading the entire book on air because many entries are technical and or boring. Also, it's over 300,000 words. However, some entries are too good not to share, such as these under the heading of G. Ah, yeah, time to get to the G spot. I did not anticipate that joke, and now I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, you kind of should be. <laughs> <laughs> we begin with galley. That's where you eat, right? It is! Yeah, I'm so- I'm smart. You got it! It is a word for several kinds of boats, but also it is the name of the ship's hearth or kitchen, being the place where the grates are put up and the victuals cooked. In small merchantmen, it is called the caboose, and is generally abaft the forecastle or forepart of the ship. What was that about a small merchantman's caboose? Oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> Galley growlers. Oh, that's like with the beer. That's like a big bucket full of beer. An excellent guess, but no. It is idle grumblers and skulkers for whom discontent and mutiny generally derive their origin. Dang it. Which leads us to a galley packet, which is an unfounded rumor. Galley pepper. That's for the peppers that are in the galley. The soot or ashes which accidentally drop into victuals in cooking. Oh, gross. Galley slang. Well, that's the slang you use in the galley. It is indeed the neological barbarisms foisted into sea language. Neological barbarisms. Foisted into sea language. Galley stoker. That's the guy who is making the galley hot. It is a lazy skulker. Galley Gaskins. Galley Gaskins. Galley Gaskins. That sounds like a new cryptid. It could be your favorite cryptid. Mothman? The Frisco Walkers. Yeah! Galley Gaskins. Because it is wide hose or breeches formerly worn by seamen, also called petticoat trousers. Oh, no way! Pants! <laughs> it is pants! It's the haunted pants at long last. To gammon. You making ham. To pass the lashings of the bowsprit. I know that when we looked this up and we encountered this word in Varney the Vampire specifically, we found that it meant ham. There is no mention of ham within the sailor's word book under the heading of gammon. I was very confused myself. Why are they lying to me about what ham is called? <laughs> Why are they doing this to me? Word salad, ham salad. Gammoning is seven or eight turns of a rope lashing passed alternately over the bowsprit and through a large hole in the cutwater, the better to support the stays of the foremast. After all the turns are drawn as firm as possible, the two opposite are braced together under the bowsprit by a frapping. That's even more disappointing because it would be the hammoning. <laughs> Gammoning, lashing, fashion, etc. has a peculiar seaman-like meaning. <laughs> The gammoning turns are passed from the standing part or bolt forward over the bowsprit, aft through the knee forward, making a cross lashing. It was the essence of a seaman's ability, and only forecastle men under the boatswain executed it. Now galvanized chain is more commonly used than rope for gammoning. 
If any of that made a lick of sense to you, congratulations, you will heartily enjoy the novel Mastering Commander. Alright, have fun. We'll see you later. To bring to the gangway. That's just to put someone on the gangway. To punish a seaman by seizing him up to a grating, there to undergo flogging. I see. Garland. Judy. Do you think most sailors are friends of Dorothy? I think that, yes, there's quite the chance that they are friends of Dorothy. Aboard ship, a garland is a collar of ropes formerly wound round the head of the mast to keep the shrouds from chafing. Also, a wreath made by crossing three small hoops and covering them with silken ribbons hoisted to the main topgallant stay of a ship on the day of the captain's wedding. Oh, hey! But on a seaman's wedding, to the appropriate mast to which he is stationed. Also, a sort of cabbage net, whose opening is extended by a hoop and used by sailors to contain their day's provisions, being hung up to the beams within their berth, safe from cats, rats, ants, and cockroaches. So you know how when you go camping, you have to put all your food on a rope to keep it safe from bears? Yeah. It's like that, but on a ship. Gate or sea gate. When two ships are thrown aboard one another by a wave, they are said to be in a sea gate. Do you ever encounter a wave so big it just puts your ship on top of another ship? Write in, antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, well, actually, I would be very interested to hear about that. (laughs) To gather aft a sheet. To gather aft a sheet. It's got something to do with sails, for sure. It does. To pull it in by hauling in slack. Geography. And before you guess, I'm going to tell you that it's spelled G-E-O hyphen G-R-A-F-F-Y. So it's not the same as geography. No, but as far as I can tell, the pronunciation is identical. Well, I don't know what it could be other than geography. It is a beverage made by seamen of burnt biscuit boiled in water. Gilgai. When you see a fish man and you're like, how he breathing? And someone's like, he's a Gilgai. A guy for tracing up or bearing a boom or derrick, often applied to inefficient guys. Now, I know what you're thinking. What the fuck could guy possibly mean in this nautical context that would make that definition make a lick of sense? So I read ahead a little bit, and here's the definition for guy. A rope used to steady a weighty body from swinging against the ship's side while it is hoisting or lowering, particularly when there is a high sea. The more you know. The more you know. Gimlet eye. Oh, that's when you haven't slept and you're all, you got red eyes. A penetrating gaze which sees through a deal plank. Gingerbread hatches. <laughs> well, you see, when Christmas comes around on the boat. <laughs> it means luxurious quarters. One might say that steed bonnet on our flag means death has gingerbread hatches. I think we could say that for sure. Gingerbread work. Is that really fancy woodwork? It is. It is profusely carved decorations of a ship. Yay! Much as how we ashore call a house with particularly ornate trimming, gingerbreading. Yeah. Ginnelin. G-I-N-N-E-L-I-N. Ginnelin. Catching a fish by the hand, tickling them. All right. Well, I have a problem that fish don't have hands is number one among them. So we're going to have a problem there. For sailors, they sure don't know a lot about fish. Give a spell. Is that caring? I don't give a spell. (laughs) When the wizard has no sympathy for your plight, he doesn't give a spell. (laughs) No, it means to intermit or relieve work. Give her so-and-so. Oh, that's a hit someone for sure. The direction of the officer of the watch to the midshipman, reporting the rate of sailing by the log, in which requires correction in the judgment of that officer from winds, etc. for for marking on the log board. Oh, that's not even a little bit what I thought. It really isn't. And frankly, I'm disappointed. Yeah. In the book, not in you. Thank you. The book should know better. I was worried for a second. 
Give her sheet. Oh, that's to let the sails out. It is. The order to ease off, give her rope. Yay. Glass. Yeah, that is what it is. So aboard a ship, glass can mean telescope or barometer, which you'll note are two different tools that perform different functions, or it is used in the plural to denote time glass and the duration of any action as they fought yardarm and yardarm three glasses, i.e. three half hours. Oh. (laughs) Which brings us back to our last episode when we went over to flog or sweat the half hour glass, which is to turn the sand glass before the sand has quite run out and thus gaining a few minutes in each half hour, making the watch too short. Oh, neat. Oh, it's all coming together. I'm a sailor now. You are. Glass clear. Is that when the water is super clear and it's not choppy? It is the equivalent of asking, is the sand out of the upper part? Asked previously to turning it on throwing the log. Oh, I should have known that the glass was... Ah, foolish. Glim. 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 A light familiarly used for the eyes. To douse the glim is to put out the light. Sounds like a story beaten Elden Ring, honestly. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Go ashores. This is the people who go ashore. Can't trick me. The seaman's best dress. Uh, oh, that's cute. These are my good clothes. I wear them when I get off the ship. They're my go ashores. I like that. <laughs> These are me go visiting pants. Goose without gravy. That's a goose that ain't got no money. A severe starting, so called because no blood followed its infliction. So it's when you hit someone, but they don't bleed. Oh, <laughs> calling blood the gravy, eh? Yes. Gouging. That's what you do in a fight when you're real desperate. Correct. Here it is defined as a cruel practice in one or two American states, now extremely rare, in which a man's eye was squeezed out by his rival's thumbnail, the fingers being entangled in the hair for the necessary purchase. Don't like that. I don't know why the Admiral felt it important for us to know that specifically you were tangling your fingers in your opponent's hair. And also, I don't know that gouging someone's eye out has ever been, at any point in history, a practice exclusive to America. I think it's been universal throughout human history since we have had eyes. Yeah, I also don't think that people have always been pretty, very fucking crazy about it. Like, they make it sound like America is like, we are so plus gouging eyes out. Like, America's got a lot of problems, but that's not one of them. When people say crime in America, that's not one they usually bring up, you know? Yeah, (laughs) it it doesn't come up a lot. And also, I'm pretty sure they have eyes in England, sir. No. And I'm pretty sure in a fight, one might gouge one. No. they. Uh, the thing is, the eyes didn't come to England until 1406. Oh, damn. <laughs> bad grain. It's when the grain is bad. Gives you gives the... Uh, ergot poisoning? Gives you the ergot poisoning. A bad grain is a sea lawyer. A nuisance. And now I know what you're thinking. A sea lawyer. Yes, exactly. What in the entire fuck is a sea lawyer? So I looked it up, and according to the sailor's word book, a sea lawyer is an idle, litigious longshorer, more given to question orders than to obey them, one of the pests of the navy as well as of the mercantile marine. Also, a name given to the tiger shark. So the tiger shark is a lawyer? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that the tiger sharks were generally very litigious. I think this also might explain why the Admiral in Varney the Vampire has such a nasty opinion of lawyers until he meets Josiah Crinkles. (laughs) Josiah Crinkles, the god among lawyers. Which is a real name of a real character that we are expected to understand and know through this book, Varney the Vampire. The story was about a vampire, but now we're here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. 
Grampus. Well, that's what comes along, what comes for Christmas when you're bad. A corruption of Grand Piche, which is French for big fish. (laughs) Wow, definitely needed a different word for that. Very important. An animal of the cetacean or whale tribe distinguished by the large pointed teeth with which both jaws are armed and by the high falcate dorcal fin. It generally attains a length of 20 to 25 feet and is very active and voracious. D, do you know which whale this is? It's a killer whale, baby. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's an orca. It's almost certainly an orca. So the fun nickname for the orca is Big Fish, huh? Yes. Wow, yeah. And that's what differentiates it from other whales. Also, in Moby Dick, the chapters where Ishmael is describing all the different kinds of whales he knows, he describes orcas separately under three different entries. They are impressive. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever looked at the singular breed of orca and thought, you know what? There's probably two more just like this. No, but I certainly can't stop talking about that wild son of a gun. They're different. You have to trust me, they're different because I need to fill more pages. You have to believe me. They're different. And this also brings us back to our B episode of the Sailor's Word Book with blowing the Grompus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what you do when you find the Grompus. Which is sluicing a person with water, especially practiced on him who skulks or sleeps on his watch. Granny's Bend. Granny, don't do that. The slippery hitch made by a lubber. Is it just someone who can't tie knots really good? Correct, leading us right into Granny's Knot. No comment. Out of respect for you, as uh, my co-host, I'm just not gonna say it. This is a term of derision when a reef knot is crossed the wrong way so as to be insecure. It is the natural knot tied by women or landsmen and derided by seamen because it cannot be untied when it is jammed. I could see how that'd be a problem in a knot. Grass. I wonder. A term applied to vegetables in general, as in feed of grass from our previous episode. Grass combers. People who are eating the grass. Cows. A galley term for all those landsmen who enter the naval service from farming counties. Lord Exmouth found many of them learn their duties easily and turn out valuable seamen. So basically, if you show up in the Royal Navy from a landlocked county, you're a grass comber. Oh, okay. Gratings. Like a sewer grating? Very much like, yes. It is an open woodwork of cross battens and ledges forming cover for the hatchways serving to give light and air to the lower decks. It also creates very dramatic lighting for scenes aboard the Revenge and our flag means death. Aha! In nautical phrase, he who can't see a hole through a grating is excessively drunk. Green hands. That's a new guy. A new guy who's not good at it yet. Indeed, it is those embarked for the first time and consequently inexperienced. Greyhound. My favorite kind of doggy. A hammock with so little bedding as to be unfit for stowing in the nettings. What's that got to do with a dog? Because like the dog, it's looking so skinty, hunty. Ah. Uh... <laughs> That's in the book. Yeah, it says skinty hunty, I know. <laughs> that seemed very likely, actually. Grog. Beer. Kind of. It is a drink issued in the Navy consisting of one part of spirits diluted with three of water, introduced in 1740 by Admiral Vernon as a check to intoxication by mere rum, and said to have been named from his grogroom coat. Grogroom coat. So I looked that up, and grogroom is a coarse, loosely woven fabric of silk, silk, or mohair, or silk and wool, according to Wikipedia, more commonly known as grain. Although Grogram is closer to the original French. Oh, (laughs) that's okay. All right. Now it's all clicking now. As the water on board in olden times became very unwholesome, it was necessary to mix it with spirits, but iron tanks have partly remedied this. 
The addition of sugar and lemon juice now makes grog an agreeable antiscorbutic. Anti-what now? Antiscorbutic, which I also had to look up, and it means preventing or curing scurvy. Oh. <laughs> grog blossom. Uh, no, I'm not touching this one with a ten-foot pool. Nope. A red confluence on the nose and face of an excessive drinker of ardent spirits, though sometimes resulting from other causes. Much like everyone's favorite one-hit wonder band, the Gin Blossoms. Hey, Jealousy. It's a good sick Gin Blossoms reference, dude. Thank you. This entire series was leading up to this. <laughs> Growlers. <laughs> um, is that a bucket for beer? Smart, but sometimes all jaw seamen who have seen some service but indulge in invectives against restrictive regulations, rendering them undesirable men. There are also too many civil growlers of the same kidney. Kidney? Remember when there were like four humors in the body and like your personality type was determined by whether or not your organs were too big or small? Oh, I, yeah. Neat. Grub trap. That's the new alternative to grub hub. A vulgarism for the mouth. <laughs> I was so excited about my grub hub joke that I didn't realize how obvious that was. Gull. A bird. A well-known seabird. Yeah, we love gulls. The name is, moreover, familiarly used for a lout easily deceived or cheated. Just like a seagull. And yes, this definition predates and probably informs the etymology of gullible. <gasps> oh! Oh my god! Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got it! <laughs> Gull sharper. Yeah, that's how you make the bird smarter. You sharpen it? Yeah. <laughs> You take the bird to the whetstone and you sharpen it, and now it's a smart gull? Yeah. Well, the Sailor's Word Book defines a gull sharper as one who preys upon Johnny Raws. Just that one guy, huh? So I skipped ahead in the Sailor's Word Book because I had to know more. Yeah. And they define Johnny Raw, or Johnny Newcomb, as an inexperienced youngster commencing his career, also applied to landsmen in general. Oh... Okay. So the reason the word for someone who preys upon those types is a gull sharper is because it's a sharp who preys on gullible people. And finally, Gunner's Daughter. Well, that's the kid that the gunner had. The name of the gun to which boys were quote-unquote married or lashed to be punished. Oh. So you tell the guy, hey, you're about to marry the gunner's daughter, and he's like, what? And then you tie him to a cannon and whip him. <laughs> he's like, wow, I hope she's hot. And they're like, you have no idea how hot she is. And this concludes the G. Willikers section of the Sailor's Word Book. I wish G. Willikers had been an entry. I know, right? Someday. If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. You can post our Facebook group at Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr at com, or you can check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash AntiquesFreaks. If you liked all of the ways that we made jokes, especially Ken's very sweet Gin Blossoms reference, thank you. Feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review. A good review is my favorite kind, but I'll let you choose. And if you need more Antiques Freaks in your week, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Antiques Freaks, where every week we read and review a chapter of the Victorian Penny Dreadful, Varney the Vampire, or the Feast of Blood. We are 107 chapters into this nonsense. Join us, won't you? Thank you. Please, we can't be alone in this madness. Special shout out to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right, you. Au revoir.